off here. All right. So we'll just wait a couple minutes here or 30 seconds anyhow. And um, like always, got my little recorder. And just got a few people coming on board here. So tell me where you're from. Tell me where from you're from, India, Pakistan, uh, Kenya, Uganda, just write down where you're from. I like that. I like to see that, the different nations. Uh, Apostle David, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. It's not Thanksgiving here. I think it's in the States, but anyhow. But anyhow, Uganda, the great nation of Uganda. The great nation, the great continent of Africa, hmm? Africa, Africa, Asia, North America, South America, hmm. Australia is a, is a continent all in itself, Europe, <clears throat> lots of people out there, lots of people, lots of people, all kinds of people, saved, unsaved. I think there's more people out there that are not saved, that are saved, and uh, that's our fault. That's the church's fault, because Jesus has already died for all of them. <laughs> He's already died for all of them. Uh, positionally, you ever heard of positional truths? I, didn't hear, I never heard about that until 2007. So positionally, positionally, Every human being on this planet is already saved. They're already saved positionally. I'm not, I don't teach universalism. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, but every human being has already been saved positionally by Jesus at the cross. Because he died for all. He died for all. When he sat down, right? You know, the death, burial, resurrection, all that. When he sat down... When he sat down at the right hand of the Father, we all sat down with him. The whole human race. The whole human race. The whole human race. The whole human race sat down with him. Now they have to receive it. They have to hear about it, and they have to receive it. All right? So, okay, let's move on here. Now, I'm going to spend two more days, today and tomorrow, on this word Zoe. Two more days on this word Zoe. And then we're going to move on to back to, we're going to move back to our key, um, key Greek power words. All right. So once again, I like to promote books, but I know people want my books, but you're not going to get my books. But maybe one day, but not now, one day I'll make some of these books available. We'll see what the Lord says. So even in here in Zodiades, um, for this word Zoe, for this word Zoe, he's got physical life existence as opposed to death and non-existence. That's just a brief definition of this word Zoe. All right. So we've looked at this word Zoe, Pakistan. There you go. I like that. Write your nation down. Write your nation down. All right. And uh, so this word Zoe is used in all kinds of different contexts, all right? So we've been looking at him 
basically just in new creation context, new creation realities context of the realities of the new creation, of course, with God and with Jesus. So we're going to move on here in 1 Peter. 1 Peter. Everybody got their Bible? You got your Bible? You got to have your Bible. If you're going to follow me a little bit, I'm not trying to get you to follow me. I mean, trying to get you to follow me to follow Jesus. So Paul said, says, follow me, imitate me as I follow Christ. So if I'm not following Jesus, don't follow me. That's what he's saying. <clears throat> so I'm trying to get people into the back into the word. That's what a reformer does. And I'm a reformer. Some people don't believe in reformers, modern day reformers. That's their problem. They'll have a rude awakening in the judgment seat of Christ. But a real reformer is to get the church back into the word. All right? And to get the word back into the church. Now, it's got to be the word rightly divided. It's got to be rightly divided and not wrongly divided. Meaning it has to be rightly interpreted and not wrongly or misinterpreted. Because we got a lot of... We got the word in the church, but a lot of it is wrong. It's wrong. It hasn't been rightly divided. It hasn't been taught right. All right? And I'm out to change all that. Well, God is out to change all that. And I'm one of his reformers and a defender of the faith. So let's move on here to 1 Peter 3, 7. 1 Peter 3, 7. 1 Peter. 1 Peter. The epistle. The epistle. The first letter or the first epistle of Peter, however you want to call it, 3-7, 3-7, in the same way you married men, uh-oh, I'm not married, not yet anyhow, but we have a lot of married men out there, in the same way you married men should live, there's the word zoe, so the word zoe is not only life, it's also to live, live considerately with your wives, with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs of the grace of God, <clears throat> of life, the grace of life, the grace of life, in order that your prayers may not be hindered and cut off. Otherwise, you cannot pray effectively. That's the Amplified. And that's true. So the grace of life, all right, your joint heirs, you know, she's weaker physically, physically, while some are, <laughs> some are not weaker, you know, some are stronger, you know, because they're bigger, bigger bones and all that. But overall, the woman is the weaker vessel, but there's still joint heirs. There's still joint heirs of this grace of life. All right. So you got to make sure that you treat them right. I know a lot of men. And I think I had that working in me. And I'm kind of glad I never got married years ago. Um, but a lot of men, they treat their wives in a way that they should not treat them. Because even in the word says the two become one. The two become one. Right? And I don't really want to get into this. But even in, in Ephesians. In Ephesians, we can go to Ephesians real quick here. If you guys want to go to Ephesians 5, I wasn't planning on going there. If we go to Ephesians 5, 
in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, yeah. So it says here, he talks about loving his own wife as he loves himself. That's in Ephesians 5, 28, if you read down all the way down to 33. All right? Talking about how you love your wife. You know, you prove that you love your wife the way you treat her. And you need to treat her as if, that's what Paul says in Ephesians, you need to treat her as if she's your own body. Because we're all part of the same body in Christ. Uganda. Uganda. So, and this is the problem. This is the problem even in the church with the body of Christ overall. You know, everybody's, not everybody, but a lot of people, they're just doing their own thing. You know, and I understand that because I, I went through that phase of doing my own thing. But God is trying to bring the body back together. He's trying to bring his body together. You know, and I'm not saying that everybody in the whole world, we're all going to work together because it's a big planet. There's a lot of believers out there, but he is trying to bring unity. Uganda, Uganda. He's trying to bring unity back into his church, right? Because we're one body. We are one body. We're one family, one family. We're one race. We're one new creation. All right, and he's trying to bring us together. But you know what, though? The key, the key for all of us to get along, which most of us don't get along, the key is putting off this old man. Because most of the church, Angel Queen from Pakistan, most of the, most, most of the believers in the church are living and they don't even know it. I didn't even know it until a few years ago, they're living out of the old man and not the new man. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, only works with the new man. All right? So we're, we got to get people to put off this old man by putting on the new man. That's what it says in Ephesians 2. And that's going to change everything. It's going to change marriages between husband and wife. It's going to change families, Christian families. It's going to change local churches. It's going to change Bible schools. It's going to change local ministries. It's going to change everything. It's going to change the whole dynamic of the church. The church is actually going to become the church that Jesus wants to build, where he becomes the head. Actually, a lot of people say, well, Jesus is the head of my church. Is he really? Is he? Is he? Because if he's head of your church, then that church don't belong to you. It belongs to him. It belongs to him. It belongs to the Holy Spirit. All right? And until you start learning how to put off this old man, that church is not his. It's yours. And that's the problem. That church is doing their own thing. That church is doing their own thing. They're not working together. No. They're not praying together. No. That's not right. That's not right. That's all wrong. All right. We need to change that. I'm a reformer. All right. I talk, I talk a lot about change, 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 change. Change isn't change until you've changed. All right. Change for the better, not for the worse. All right. All right.
Wow. Okay, let's let's move on to First John. First John. First John. First John, and I appreciate, you know, we put all these live streams on my YouTube channel too. And uh so but they're always on my Facebook uh timeline. They're always there. Um, but anyhow, there's lots to learn. I know I say a lot of things, but yeah, we, yes, we need to change. That's right. We need to change for the better. Things got to change in the church. I'll tell you, it's pretty sad out there. It's sad. A lot of people going to hell. A lot of people going to hell. All right. And that's because of us, not because of them. That's because of us. All right. And we got to change that. All right, let's go to 1 John. 1 John. 1 John. We're getting at the end of the Bible. And then Revelation will be tomorrow, and then that's it. Monday, I'm starting something new. All right, so 1 John. 1 John 1, 1. Chapter 1, verse 1. Pretty simple. I love this verse. Uh, this is Amplified. We're writing about the word of life in him who existed from the beginning... Whom we have heard, whom we have seen with our own eyes, whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our own hand. Now, they're talking about Jesus here. They're talking about Jesus, the word of life. The word of life. He's called the word of life. Okay, now he's called God the word. But that was in his deity. That's before he became Jesus. Now, word of life here is when he walked the earth. I believe that. All right. So any reference to Jesus, there's, there's, there's two kinds of references to Jesus in the New Testament and the Old Testament, but the New Testament is in his humanity as a man, as a man, but also when he was God before he became man, before the incarnation, God the Word, right? John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? So here we're talking about the word of life, the word of Zoe, all right? And we're in union with this word of life, all right? And we have this. This is the word of life. This is the word of life, the Bible, all right? I got I got two different translations here. I got my King James and I got my Amplified. And uh, this is the word of life. This is the word of life. And we got to get this word inside of us. Kenya, Kenya, Nairobi, Kenya. All right, excellent. I'm coming to Kenya. I am coming to Kenya. All right. Okay, let's move on here. Let's move on. Still in First John. We're still in First John. We're still in First John. Let's go to chapter three. Stay in First John. First John, but chapter three now. Let's move to chapter three. Chapter three. Chapter 3, verse 15. All right. Anyone who hates his brother in Christ, who abominates, detests his brother in Christ, is at heart a murderer. <laughs> Strong words. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding, uh, persevering within him. All right. Now, of course, I you need to teach these verses in context. All right. But this is it here also. Listen, God understands. He understands more than I'll ever understand because he's God. 
And there are times where people do things to us. And I've never had anything really bad happen to me in the church. All right. I've been, it's been good overall. You know, I got issues with the church, but there are people, there are people that have done things to other believers that have hurt them all kinds of ways, financially, sexually, emotionally, even physically. We know it. It's in the church. The sex scandals, the financial scandals, you know, but that does not give us the right to hate them. All right? Because Jesus still loves them. Jesus still loves them. Now, he doesn't love what he, they, they did and what they're doing, but he still loves them because he died for them. All right? So it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I'm sure it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I hope I never have to go through that. But we have no right to hate our brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what they've done. And most probably, when they do these things, the Lord, the Lord tried to warn us. The Holy Spirit was trying to warn you, don't go there. Don't associate with that. He's a brother, he's a Christian, but don't associate with him. Don't go to that church. Don't go there. Don't go there. Yeah, he's out there to warn us. A lot of times we don't. We don't realize the warnings, the warnings that go on on the inside of us by the Spirit. You know, he's your brother, he's your, she's your sister, but don't get close to them because they got issues. They're going to hurt you. They're going to hurt you. All right? So, but these things we don't realize, and then we get entangled in wrong relationships, even in the church, yeah, with other Christians, and they, quote, unquote, do us dirty, yeah, but the whole time the Holy Spirit was saying, no, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, all right? And we don't hear enough of that. Thank you. Perfectly said. We, we don't hear enough of this. We don't hear enough of this. And we need to. We need to. All right. All right. So let's finish this teaching. I've been going on for a little bit here. Let's finish this teaching. Yes. Holy Spirit, warn us. Amen. That's right. He's there to warn us. That's right. The warnings of the Holy Spirit. I need to do a teaching on that. The warnings of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He'll warn you. He'll try to warn you. That's what God did with Adam. He warned him, don't eat of the tree, right? He put the tree there to give him a choice, not to tempt him. He gave him a choice, but he said, don't eat that tree. He warned him. He said, if you eat of it, you'll die. He warned him. He warned him. All right? So he's been warning us ever since. He's been warning us. God's been warning us all the time. The warnings of God. I gotta, I think I have a teaching on that somewhere. Well, I got to teach on that. The warnings of God. All right. He's always trying to warn mankind. He's trying to warn the church. All right. Okay. Let's, we're still in first John. We're still in first John. Let's go to chapter five. Chapter five. This is great. I love this. I love chapter five here. I love it all, but chapter five, chapter five. All right. Uh, verse 11 and verse 12. Verse 11 and verse 12. I love these two verses. They're super duper verses. <laughs> They're mega verses. All right. They're massive, massive verses. All right. And it's good to read them in context with the whole letter or the whole uh, chapter, but I don't have time for that. I try to make these short, short live streams. So let's read here in 1 John 5, 11 
verse 11 and then verse 12. So let's start with 11. And this is the testimony, the evidence. What is it? God gave us eternal Zoe. And this Zoe is in his son. All right? He's firstborn son. He's not talking about it in his deity. He's talking about Jesus as God's firstborn son from the dead. All right? In his humanity. All right? And then 12. He, whosoever possesses the son, has that life. That's right. I've been teaching this. I've been teaching this. He who does not possess the Son of God does not have that life or that Zoe. So this is what I was teaching before, even in Colossians. The life of Jesus, all right, the whole point of the cross, the whole point of the incarnation because of the fall of man, the whole point is to make, to bring the life of God back onto this earth. That's the whole point. All right. Now, this life of God has to be brought onto the earth through a human being because God created human beings. Right. So God had given that life to the first Adam. And we know what happened there. I've already taught on that. So now God brings into onto this earth, into existence, another Adam. That's what Paul called him, the second to last Adam in First Corinthians 15. All right, so now this new Adam, I call him the new Adam because he is the new Adam. He's got the life of God. All right, he's God's firstborn son from the dead. Colossians and Romans 8, 29. I'm not making this stuff up. It's in the word. All right, in his humanity, Jesus becomes our elder brother. All right, he's the firstborn of this new family. He's your elder brother. I never had a brother. I never had a brother. But when I got born again, I had Jesus as my elder brother. All right? Because God is now our father. That's what he says in John 20, 17. Go tell my brethren. I go back to my father, their father, my God, their God. Right? All right. So this life, this life, this newness of life, this new life that God has brought onto this planet with this new Adam, which is Jesus. All right, those who have Jesus have that life. But those who don't have Jesus, those who are not born again, those who are not in union with Christ, in Christ, they don't have that life. But they can have it. They can have it. And that's what we're supposed to preach. That's what we're supposed to share with those who don't have that life. You can have this newness of life in Christ. You know, and in doing that, while we're doing that, we're supposed to be doing what Jesus was doing. He was going around bringing that life to those around him. And he was healing people. Oh my goodness, he was healing. He was healing all the time. He was delivering people from people who had, well, they were called demoniacs, but people who are possessed with demons. He was proving that life. He was proving the life of God. He was proving the life of the kingdom, if I can say it that way. The kingdom. The kingdom of God has a life, right? Everything has a life until you're dead. But even the Bible talks about eternal death, where people are going to live in for eternity in a place called the lake of fire. They're going to be alive. They're going to be alive, but they're dead spiritually. But they're going to be living for eternity. A lot of people don't believe in that. 
Well, I wish it wasn't true, but it's true. All right. So let's stop there for now. I went on quite a bit. And uh, let's stop there for now. And tomorrow we're going to wrap this up. We're going to wrap this up. And tomorrow we're just going to take a brief look at this word life. Try to make it brief. We're going to look at this word zoe in uh, the book of Revelation, the apocalypse. We're going to look at this word life. This word zoe is used many times in the word in the, the, uh, the book of Revelation. So we're going to look at it kind of briefly. And then we'll move on probably on Monday, next Monday, we'll move on to what what I sense that we, we need to get into is back into power words, uh, key Greek power words, all right? Because we got to find out what this word says about power because we need power, all right? We got power. We need power to resist the devil. We need power to resist the world. We need power to get healed. We need power to get delivered. We need power to prosper. We need his power, but he's already given us his power. We already have it. It's already given to us freely by his grace. That's what grace is all about. All right. So I got to go. I got to go. And uh, so I thank you for those who have been watching. And uh, as I finish my, my, my teachings, usually uh, I want to finish by encouraging you to learn what it takes, what it takes to walk in the fullness of his grace, as well as in the faith of God, because it's faith that gives access to the grace of God. Okay, so shalom and amen.